The Outlet. The Talk of Wanaka. Obviously, I had really good times. I met my wife. I've had three beautiful girls, and, and things have been good. I've had my ups and downs, and I've been, but I've been in and I've never been settled. I've always been in and out of building. And once again, I, I can see it now. Hindsight's beautiful, but any time I got to pinch time, I'd run away. I'd go do something else, or think I had a better answer. Uh, I think it was just me mentally not facing what was going on with me. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. Shortly, I'll be talking to Glenn Thurston from Turn the Corner. But first, let's have a look at a local event happening in Wanaka, brought to you by Liquorland 3 Parks, there for your next event with Unreal Deals. The much-loved Glow Show is back at the Lake Wanaka Centre, Friday the 14th of July from 10am. Now, 82,000 Kiwi kids have already seen these glow-in-the-dark giant puppet shows, which are an absolute favourite for parents and for tamariki. You can find out more and buy tickets by clicking on the Things to Do button, then Events on your Wanaka app. Glenn Thurston is from Turn the Corner. I find out about his personal journey and efforts to raise awareness, promote conversations and provide support for mental health in the construction industry and beyond. Now this conversation talks about suicide and mental health. If you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed or out of sorts, here's some numbers that can connect you 24 hours a day to people trained to help. You can free call or text 1737. Mates in Construction Helpline, their phone number is 0800 111 315. Lifeline is 0800 543 354. If it's an emergency and you feel like you or someone else is at risk, please call 111. G'day Glenn, welcome to the outlet. G'day Brent, how are you? Very good, thank you. Can you please share a bit about your personal journey in the construction industry and how it shaped your perspective on mental health? Yeah, yeah. So um, at the age of about 16, I guess, I got my apprenticeship in the building industry. So I've been building ever since I was at a, at a young age, just out of school. I left school at the age of 15. School wasn't for me, so working was my opportunity. But as time went on, building was quite a staunch industry and I never really... You know, back then it was never really anything, mental health was never anything that you spoke about, it wasn't anything you, you, you tried to deal with, it was just um, go to work, go home, have a few beers every night, and that was sort of it. And I just rolled like that for years. At the age of 18, I, I had a suicide attempt on myself, and to this day I still don't know what it was that caused it, there was nothing underlying, and, and I never really faced it, because once again, back then, and it wasn't all that long ago, but it was long enough ago that it's um, the stigma has changed a lot these days, and uh, there wasn't a lot going on back then. So I never really faced it. I never really dealt with it. I did a little bit of counselling, and then just sort of got on with my life and continued drinking. Drinking was a big part of my life, and it was also my biggest enemy, <laughs> as it turned out as later in life. Obviously, I had really good times. I met my wife. I've had three beautiful girls, and, and things have been good. I've had my ups and downs, and I've been, but I've been in and out. I've never been settled. I've always been in and out of building. And once again, I, I can see it now. Hindsight's beautiful, but any time I got to pinch time, I'd run away. I'd go do something else, or think I had a better answer. Uh, I think it was just me mentally not facing what was going on with me. And then eventually, at the age of about 38, which was only six years ago, I hit rock bottom again big time and really 
on a, on a, on a bit of a bender on the booze and I was just very fortunate my wife came out that night and from that moment on I decided I was going to sort myself out and I changed the way that I approached it with people too. From the moment I got help, I opened up to people and it was very humbling from that very moment how many people actually turned around and said, well, I've actually been battling with it too. And you know, and it, and it just got me thinking. It's like, holy crap, like everyone's actually going through this. I, 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 we always talk about it, you're not on your own. Um, it's okay to be, not be okay, but you genuinely, when you're in that space, you, you feel like you are alone and it is a dark place you don't even though the answers could be written on a piece of paper in front of you trying to find them is really hard so yeah it's definitely changed the way i've approached things these days and i'm very open to talking to people or even asking the question are you okay you know and not in, in that direct wording but yeah quite often i'll um talk to guys and girls and just see how they're getting on and check in with people regularly and nine times out of ten they're not getting along too well but they just needed to talk and usually get along nicely after that not that i have the magic answer but you know talking does wonders for people what are some of the key challenges or issues you see in the construction industry when it comes to mental health there's two ends of the scale i suppose i mean there's there's the the bosses and, and they've got the pressures of obviously staff and all the things around running a business and money and finances. So those, those guys have got a completely different stress to the guys just coming out of school and have got an apprenticeship because they've got the bullying side of things, you know. So when you've just come out of school, you've got all these guys th- telling you you've got to just sweep up. That's what you got to do and you've got to just harden up and deal with it. But, you know, I think if, if guys changed the way they approached it with uh, these younger fellas, it actually gave them more opportunity and realised they've actually got abilities and are capable of helping that that could fix that but um as for the pressures of the business i I know there's a lot of people that are struggling financially and then you got the pressures at home and then you take those pressures home with the family and then you got family problems and it just snowballs one after another it's not any one particular thing i think it just keeps adding to it you know you don't just wake up and have depression it's it's a combination of things that um grow over time and then eventually you, you, things pop if you don't deal with it correctly. I mean there's a lot of common misconceptions or stigmas surrounding mental health and within the construction industry how do you think they should address that and overcome it? The biggest misconception is you know talking makes you weak. It's the complete opposite and and I've found that recently myself just by talking to people there. The amount of people that you think have got it all and, and life's, living the life's dream are actually struggling more than the rest of us. I'm in a pretty good space these days and I know how to manage myself but there's still guys at the start of their journey. Or, But it's really humbling to see people actually talking and, and because I put myself in a position of you know, mental health advocacy, I've, I have got a lot of people approaching me and it's really good that they are. Um, I think it'd be great that if everyone gets a little bit of education around how to support people um, in this situation, then we can all be that person. You know, we can all help each other, just like just like we do with first aid. You know, you get it there just in case you need it. You don't always need it, but if it comes up, you you're ready to help. So, um, as much as I love it, I mean, I can only help so many people, and I'm I'm happy to talk to anyone i got no magic answer but i i have got ears and i do listen and i think if everyone learns how to do that and realize they're not not needing to actually fix people they're just there to be able to relate respond and if it is bad know where to take them you know help them because when you're in that position you don't it's really hard to take that step 
So to have someone say, look, would you like me to take you to the GP? And I, I wish someone had said that to me a, a long time ago. I, it took me a lot of courage to build up the guts to make that phone call to the doctor to do that, you know? I, I think that's yeah. part of the problem too, isn't it? I think everybody thinks they have to have an answer, but you don't really have to have an answer. Like you said, you just, you need to listen, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like if someone cuts their arm and you and you go to help them, you're not there to give them surgery. You're not, you know, you're not going to start putting injections into them and start cutting into them with a with a scalpel. You're just there to 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 prevent it being any worse and take them to someone who knows what they're doing. Um, you're in a clear space, hopefully, so you're in a position to be able to help them. You know, people people seem to we all seem to react. Um, even myself, you know, I went through this shit time and I've reacted and said, right, something needs to change. Um, someone loses a loved one. They start being, you know, a mental health advocate. Like, we all need to understand that we need to stop waiting for something to happen to fix it. And we all actually have a role to play, like, now. If your life's really good, you're a very important person to help those that aren't doing well. Um, so you should get some education, you know, whoever that person may be, like... You don't have to wait till you're in a bad state. It seems to be all the people that have been through shit times go and get educated. But, you know, a lot of the time it's too late. They've, you've either lost a loved one or, you know, it's, it, you're already down the dark path. So I, I really believe getting the education in early before you ever need it and think that you're never going to need it, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. I think that's the way we need to move forward in this um, space. Tell me a little bit about Turn the Corner, how that came about and some of the work you've been able to do through that. Yeah, well, so Turn the Corner was, one of the things I do is get into the mountains and, and that is a really good way for me. I, I call it my meditation time. I, I love the concept of meditation. I'm just very bad at it when it comes to sitting on a chair and meditating. Um, but getting out in the mountains is how I meditate. It's it puts me in the pl- in the moment and, and I get some clarity on all the things that just seem to keep me up at night. So when I was out one time, I got so much clarity and I was just thinking, wouldn't it be great to get others up here doing this? So yeah, I come up with that idea of, you know, with the averages of 53 suicides in the construction, construction industry a year, um, I thought, oh, well, I'm going to climb my favourite peak 53 times. And it just sort of evolved and I, and I never wanted to make it a fundraiser. I wanted to make it an awareness campaign. I wanted to work on getting people talking and getting people engaged in the conversation about mental health. And so I opened it up for sponsorship and sponsorship was by way of signing your company up to join me on a day of your choice. So your company come up, it was your day. And it's you you to wave the flag and say, we support mental health. We will look after our workers, rah, rah, rah. We're going to get mates in construction training. And I thought, I thought we'd get a few, but it blew up. And I ended up with over 300 and... 335 people climbed Corner Peak with me over that period. There was about 60 different companies. I had people from Auckland that were down here that heard about it and came up. So it was pretty humbling. And I think it was so successful in the fact that it wasn't financially driven. It wasn't, you know, give me money, I'm going to put it towards counselling. It was just come and join me and let's talk mental health. Let's let's find ways to help each other because I don't have the answer. I've got a few ideas. I learned so much on that hill with other people, what they do. It's like, I'm going to give that a go. And I've got the rest of the South Island I now need to go hike because I've been given some pretty good spots that I should go. So one thing I do talk about a lot is grabbing your mates and taking them down for a coffee and having a chat. And, and I could have had a chat with every single one of these people at the coffee shop and had a, you know, 
you get about an hour in the coffee shop and it's great you know it's it's worthy but to spend seven hours each day on that hill with these guys and girls talking mental health you can never get that amount of time and talk mental health and business and how to better the business and what other people are doing and you know you, you couldn't even have a meeting or a conference that would just be that engaged so it was really positive what came out of it as far as what's come from it a lot of a lot of talks a lot of podcasts like this master builders i did a podcast i've got a, i've actually got a talk coming up with the Wapiti foundation so yeah definitely doing a lot of talking this police the local police have asked me to do a talk for the students that they do a blast program um, blast is the blue light adventure and skills training they do at the mount aspiring college for the students so um, i'm going to have a bit of a chat about mental health and my journey and and point them in the direction of supports and what supports out there so yeah it's definitely a, a hell of a lot cracking on i've i've also been lucky enough to touch base with matt Ducey in this process the national mp um, for mental health and wellness he was very good to talk to and he listened to what i had to say about education you know they they're talking about wanting to put a lot of money into the communities, which is awesome. I really hope a lot of that money goes towards education because we're throwing all this money into support, which is great. You know, we need that. But there's no education. You know, that that's the cliff edge stuff, and it's clearly not working. Like, you can throw as much money at that end of it all you like, but it's not working. So when I explained what I was talking about and said, I think we need to put a lot more money into creating a national training sort of program for everybody not just construction but everybody we're lucky we've got mates in construction but this is not just a construction problem it's a it's a national problem yeah he was very intrigued and 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 when you put it there it's as obvious as and um so hopefully i will be meeting up with him again and talking more on on that side of things and see where we can go with that and it's not going to happen overnight but i honestly believe we need to take a step away from putting money into the services and, and into counseling because there's a wait list of months and months and months so throwing all this money into it and saying you have free counseling but then you're on a wait list for seven months so a lot of people just probably need to talk to a friend with the right education for everybody a lot of us could probably support each other and then on the other token there's people that are going to learn that they're actually quite good at helping people and they'll go oh i might go and do a degree and and in psychology and next minute we've got more counsellors the wait list down less people are lining up it's just a win-win for me rather than throwing it all at the cliff edge it's too late I, I honestly believe and i'm going to keep repeating it over and over again until something changes education is what we need just like a st john's first aid or any first aid course we do it needs to be available for everyone not just social workers or people in that industry it needs to be for every single person and i'm, I'm trying to get chats with um the apprenticeship companies and say well why, why do we not have i was talking to bciti and saying why do we not have um you know mates in construction general awareness training for your first year for, of an apprenticeship it's an, a requirement to get it and then by the time you do your third or fourth year why are we not saying you have to have your connectors training it's, it's only a four-hour course it should be part of it just like getting your first aid for an apprenticeship you know it should be part of a module integration these guys these young guys coming in or whoever's coming through as an apprentice that that's where culture is going to change the whole industry will change from there and and same with hospitality or any other industry you know same thing you've got to get your first aid for all these things but the one thing that's actually killing people is suicide 
we need something general for the whole country um, rather than industry specific like mates and construction model is amazing and what the program that they deliver is amazing but that's only as good as the people that go and do it if you're not going to sign up and do it it's pointless so we just need to get that ball rolling and get people thinking well it's just something i got to do every every two or three years let's go into a mental health training it's it's not that hard well glenn it's been wonderful talking to you thank you for all the work that you do you are making a big difference i know you think you got lots going on and doing a lot of talking but it does help so thank you so much for that yeah thank you very much for talking to me too i really appreciate the support i'm getting from everyone and and helping me spread this word because i can't do it on my own It, it takes a team if you're feeling anxious overwhelmed or out of sorts here's some numbers that can connect you 24 hours a day to people trained to help you can free call or text 1737 the mates in construction helpline is 0800 111-315 Lifeline is 0800-543-354 If it's an emergency and you feel like you or someone else is at risk, call 111 The Outlet Jobs Board Here are some of the jobs listed this week on the Wanaka app Thanks to New World 3 Parks for when it's your job to do the grocery shopping Central Otago Health Services Limited is looking for a New Zealand registered dietitian to join their dynamic allied health team based at Dunstan Hospital. Now the closing date for applications is on the 30th of June. Warbirds over Wanaka is looking for an experienced operations manager to assist coordinating their fantastic event. The successful candidate will be responsible for managing all aspects of the trade and food sites, vendor inquiries and contracts, site setup and more. And Bowel Cancer New Zealand is looking for a planned giving manager. This is a great opportunity to implement the fundraising strategy of a growing New Zealand charity. You can find these jobs and more by clicking the Jobs button on the bottom navigation bar on your Wanaka app. Download the Wanaka app from the App Store or Google Play. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Outlet, your local interview and information podcast for Wanaka. If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on The Outlet podcast, get in touch by using the contact button on the navigation bar of your Wanaka app. The Outlet is produced and published by the Wanaka app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. All episodes of The Outlet are available in the podcast section of your Wanaka app and wherever you get your podcasts.